Hello, this is Cody Sturgill, the pastor at Chilhowee Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily broadcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so important we put God's Word into our hearts and our lives, and we pray that this message from God's Word will be a blessing and help to you. In difficult seasons and situations, is to sin. And sinning never makes something right. You can't ever get what's right by doing what's wrong. But the devil sure does sell us a bill of goods that preaches that message loud and clear. So he gets angry and he says, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm, what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Elisha, the prophet. Elisha had been telling him, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. He said, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going after Elisha. He says, I'm going to have his head by the end of this day. And so he sends his messenger to the house of Elisha. The messenger pounds on the door. The servant of Elisha is commanded and told by Elisha, don't answer the door, just leave it there. He says, the king's footprints are right behind him. Sure enough, standing outside of the prophet Elisha's door is the king and the servant. And they're mad. And Elisha says, here's what God says. He says, this time tomorrow... You'll be able to buy a bunch of flour at the old price. You'll be able to get all the flour you want for a shekel. All the barley you can stand for a shekel in the gates of this city. (laughs) The servant of the king says, yeah, right. You've lost your mind, crazy preacher man. He says, God would have to open the windows of heaven. And you know what I'm reminded? He can. Hallelujah. He said, God would have to open the windows of heaven. And Elisha speaks through the door and he says, You'll see it with your eyes, but you won't eat it with your mouth. And sure enough, the story kind of changes scenes. And it just blows my mind. And th- but this is how God works. We see this moment of desperation. We see everybody's on pins and needles. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I mean, how's the city going to survive? You can't go on like that. You've only got so many donkey's heads. What's going to happen? And God in His Word changes the scene. And we look from the door of Elisha's home, outside the city gate, Sitting on a wall, the Bible says there were four lepers. We know about lepers, right? Lepers are unclean. Lepers are useless. Lepers are literally, their bodies are falling apart because of the disease. It wasn't unusual for lepers to be missing digits or even limbs. Because in time, their bodies just deteriorate. We see four lepers. And when I look at this, I think... Lord, what are you doing? Before you read the whole story, Lord, what are you doing? I mean, this is desperate. The situation that we find ourselves in is awful and horrible and desperate. And if the king gets his way, Elisha's losing his head. 
And if Syria, if something doesn't change with Syria, the whole nation is going to die of starvation. I'm like, what are you thinking, Lord? And God says there were four lepers. <laughs> Incapable. Unlikely. But God said there were four lepers. And those four lepers are sitting on the wall, and they're thinking to themselves, hmm, this is bad times, ain't it? And they start thinking this situation through. They say, well, you know, if we go to the end of the city, they're starving there, we'll die. If we stay right here, we're going to die. If we fall on the Syrians, if we go and just do something and move toward the opportunity and toward the problem and toward some type of resolve, if we go into the Syrians, they may let us live and give us something to eat. Who knows what God will do? They said, but if we stay right here, we're just going to die. They say, why sit we here until we die? And it becomes a consensus of four lepers. We just need to do something. And so they get up from their place. And they make their way toward the encampment. And when they get to the encampment, they notice it looks like a ghost town. Except the fires are still burning. The horses and the donkeys are still tied. The tents are still erect. And they start looking around. Nobody's there. What had God done? God had sent some kind of noise that scared them to death. It reminds me of the verse in the Proverbs. The Bible says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. God sends a noise and scares the wits out of the Syrians. The Syrians run. The Bible gives a description of their clothes and their things being strewn out on the way home. <laughs> They're dropping stuff. They can't get out of there fast enough. And so the four lepers, they go into the first tent and get them a little something to eat and get them some clothes and get them some gold and get them some silver and hide it. And they go to the next tent and do the same thing. And those four lepers are like, you know what? It just ain't right what we're doing. I'm sure they said it just like that. It's just not right what we're doing. They said, it, we, can't, we can't sleep on this good news. They said, let's go back to town and let them know what's going on. So they go back to the city and tell the porter who tells the king. The king's still cynical. Says, there's a trap. They're going to get us. They know we're hungry. But the bottom line is... They go and investigate. And what the lepers had said was true. Sure enough, all the provision to feed an army that had besieged the city was right there for the taking. The Bible says that the king of Israel sent his servant, the same servant. Remember the same servant said, <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to get food all we want for a shekel tomorrow, but God would have to open the windows of heaven. Elisha told him, 
You'll see it with your eyes, but you won't eat it with your mouth. The king said, all right, servant. Lord is what is, he's referred to in the scripture. He said, all right, I want you to go and you man the gate. Word had gotten out and everybody's starving to death and this man is the guy opening the gates. And I can see him, he opens the gates. And the Bible says that the people trod him down, that he died. He saw the blessing and didn't eat it. Trod him down, he died. And that day, just as God said, the wheat sold for a shekel, twice that much barley sold for a shekel, and the besiegement and the famine was over. And I think it all boils down to four inadequate unlikely folks who said, you know what? Why sit we here till we die? Why sit we here till we die? It's time that somebody does something. Or maybe more clearly, it's time that you and I do what we can, when we can, for the glory of God. Why sit we here till we die? Why are we so complacent? Oh, we're so easy, to, so ready to complain. So ready to gripe and bellyache, but unwilling to move toward the Lord, toward what's right, to take a risk for God and His glory. Why well, sit we here till we die? We need to learn how to deal with famine. We need to learn how to deal with difficulty. And we see some things here that I hope will be a blessing to you. That's a long introduction to hopefully a short message. Number one, the king. Let's just look at the king. The king. The king tells us that it's not time to be angry and blame God. Let's look at some things about the king. What did he do? When you look back in chapter number twenty, back back in chapter number six, the king's in a desperate situation. The king is is uh, upset, he's broken hearted. He's just had got word from some lady in his kingdom that they had boiled their children. And he's desperate. In verse 30, the Bible says it came to pass when the king heard the words of, this, of the woman that he rent his clothes and he passed upon by upon the wall. And the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within, within upon his flesh. Then he said, God do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. What do he do? Now, there's nothing wrong with mourning. Quite frankly, you don't have to look very far to find things to have a broken heart over. And a broken heart is not a bad thing. It's good for us to have compassion. It's good for us to be burdened over sin. It's good for us to be troubled over problems and burden and have compassion for people's woes but it's not right in the times of great difficulty and mourning to allow our mourning to turn into anger and especially it's not good for our mourning to turn into anger towards God what did the king do the king heard this awful news and the first thing that he wanted to do after he began to mourn was he wanted to blame Elisha the prophet he wanted to blame Elijah the prophet. Ultimately, he was blaming God. And that's never right. I want you to see some things that happen here to this king. The king's spirit in times of trouble was one that said, 
will be sarcastic. Verse 27, he says, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor, out of the wine press? You remember when he looked at those ladies, he said, If God hadn't helped you, how can I help you? I can't get nothing off the wine, out of the wine press or the barn floor. We're out. The king's spirit was one that was sarcastic. Look, there's no room for sarcasm and rottenness when we're dealing with real situations. The king was sarcastic. He was desperate. He was angry. He blamed God and sought revenge by the head of Elisha. I don't know about you, but have you found yourself in stressful situations in recent days where desperation and anxiety have caused you to revert to anger, blame, and revenge? That's not the spirit of the child of God. That's not the spirit that God would have us to have. We need to be careful. We need to learn from the king. The king's attitude, the king's spirit, the king's faithlessness did not produce anything that helped his people. It did not produce anything that helped him. It did not produce anything that pleased God. And folks, I'll, find, I'll have you know, if you find yourself in troubling times full of anger bitterness, pointing the finger of blame, then you found yourself in a place where you cannot possibly enjoy the blessing of God. You see, we learn from the king that it's not time to blame God. Let's look at the Lord. The Lord. The Lord is this servant, not the Lord God, but the Lord, the servant that was a leader in the king's world. What did he do? Look, the Bible says in verse number two about him. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? We trust this message from God's Word has been a help to you. We're studying through the people of the Bible. And I want to let you know of a resource we have available at Chilhowee Baptist Church. It is a sermon series on the people of the Bible. Volume 1, the first 13 sermons of this series are available in full length. You can get those by reaching out to us at chilhowiebaptist.com.